big drink in Manischewitz, going out to Terrod Goyam. Stop and shake it. Screwing chick says, as long as we're home by Saturday morning. Cause Hey, how you going? Welcome to episode number 80 of the Average Man podcast. The Brews were brought in there by NoFX with The, the Brews, uh, a little um, anti-fascist uh, sort of mid-90s propaganda from from the punk group NoFX there. And that ties in nicely with what we sort of talk about on today's episode. Uh, we, we cover a little bit of ground with Antifa. Who are, uh, an anti- who are an anti-fascist activist group who use sort of a violent means of, of getting their, their message across. Not exactly what that song's about, but it's definitely in the same vein. And really, I just love that song because it was uh, uh, a song we used to listen to a lot when I was growing up. It's from my youth. So today's episode is a chat with Will Smith, William Smith. He's a, um, well, he does... He's got a professional life that he likes to keep separate from from what we talk about, and what we talk about is his political views. He does political satire, comedy sort of songs. Um, he's done. He's been on the podcast a couple of times before. He's done a one man musical that he wrote while he was um, up in Port Hedland. He's done a couple of um, musicals now. The last one was. Uh, Trump 2020, the MAGA musical, and we chat about that, and we chat about some other. Political issues and and um, his latest uh, com- comedy song 
that he's put up on his YouTube channel as well, which is about um, Antifa. So go to, to Viola Willie on YouTube and check out some of his stuff and, and yeah, just get into this podcast and have a bit of a listen. Before I do jump in, though, I just want to have a quick shout-out to um, Waza from Pilbara Adventure, Rise, Pilbara Adventure Riders, excuse me, who's been on the podcast before. Um, he's a top bloke. He's got a bunch of mates. They've got a little crew, the Pilbara Adventure Riders, and they do a bunch of um, – yeah, they, they cruise around their adventure bikes around the Pilbara. He's done a trip up, uh, I think it was last year, up to Cape York with a few guys, and he's got some other trips planned um, coming up soon as well. Uh, a mate of his has come off his bike um, a little while ago just outside of Sandstone, I think, and, and um, really messed himself up pretty bad. Uh, the guy was, I believe, in an induced coma or, or, or in, a, in a coma at least. I'm not sure if it was induced or not, but – He's, he's since been brought out of that, um, and I think he's sort of on the mend, but there's pretty serious um, and ongoing um, issues that the guy has to – Brad Cash, the guy's name is, that Brad has to overcome. Um, and he and his family need a little bit of support. So there's a GoFundMe page that was started up. You can go there, check it out on, on his um, on the Pilbara Adventure Riders Facebook page. You can click on the link, and, and if you're keen, you can go donate a bit of money and help him and his family at least financially out through this time so they can just worry about the other things that they've, that, you know, that they've no doubt got on their plate. Uh, I think they're trying to hit a $10,000 goal. They're at about six and a half grand now. So anyone who's listening, who's, who's keen to help out, go check out the Pilbara Adventure Riders Facebook page and the link's up there. I'm sure the family and everybody involved would be really appreciative of it. Uh, and Wazer and I actually have, uh, have been in contact and we've got another podcast. Um, we need to tee up very soon. He's got a, he's got something on the horizon, so we're going to catch up and have a bit of a yarn and no doubt we'll talk about that situation as well when, when I get him on, so sometime in the near future. All right, without any more rattling on from me, let's jump straight into this podcast. It's long enough as it is. So episode number 80, Average Man Podcast, The Bruise. Here we go. Peace. And we are not really live, but we're on recording. How are you, mate? Good, Dave. How are you, mate? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Welcome back uh, to the podcast, third time round. So, third time, isn't it? Yeah, wow. Yeah, I forgot we did one before. Yeah, the... um. Yeah, Average Man Podcast. Good, glad to be back. Yeah, glad to have Thanks you here, mate. Back. There's um, there's a lot of things going on in the world, um, and I find that you've got quite a, a an interesting point of view, um, and you do a little bit of um, political comedy via um, song um, around sort of some of the current events going on. So it's a good person. You're a good person to have on and have a chat in these um, super crazy times that we're that we're living in right now. Yeah, well, I've avoided I've avoided saying anything on the internet uh, uh, much up to this point, but it was eventually going to catch up with me. So let's just do it. <laughs> let's do it. Let's dive in. <laughs> you, you've just been um, out camping for a week, eh? You, 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 bit of bit of rest and relaxation. I indeed I have. Yes, I'm living in Albany at the moment for work, oh, and um, beautiful. I uh, got two weeks leave and. Um, Headed up to the the Cary forests for some of it, Beautiful. and um, uh, and uh, also and the coast. The other part. So one deep deep into the forest, and the other one um, at the Fitzgerald River National Park, which is now, beautiful. Got these wildflowers. Got whales floating around in the bay. Southern right uh-huh. whales. Just went camping. It was absolutely stunning. Did some long long walks through the um the dunes and saw the wildflowers yeah it's it's just beautiful I, and i hadn't been there since i was a child 
So I was really, um, really happy to check that out. Yeah. That's, so that's feeling okay. very recharged, relaxed, ready, ready for a bit of a internet rant. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. beautiful. What a be- beautiful yeah. part of the uh, part of the country too. Um, obviously, completely different climate uh, to to what I'm experiencing at the moment. I'm in a singlet and shorts. We've had a couple of heat waves already, and you're in a jumper and a jacket. So I'm. Yeah, and, a giant, and I got and I got a heater going oh, in the background wow. here. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's. I have to say, a couple of those nights camping were not the most pleasant. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty cold, but it's pretty cozy in here at the moment. And we've just got this uh, in the house I'm in, a bit of a studio going on yeah. for my various dabblings. You can see a um, electronic drum kit in the corner. Beautiful. Yep, keeps me occupied. That cardboard box folded up is my is my budget vocal booth. Oh, beautiful! I've got some in here. I've got some little. Uh, I got three of these little soundproof panels that I, I slip up behind the the computer f- for my recordings. Now it's found. I found it. It's deadening the sound quite nicely. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you got a good sound there. Yeah, we've got we've got, got a green screen on this side here with oh. a bit of a mic stand and a camera stand set up. I think that answers. That answers one of my questions I, I was uh, going to c- get to eventually. A GoPro are you using, did you say? It's the GoPro. Cool. I just bought myself a GoPro 8 to start um, getting video of all my podcasts and putting them up on um, the on YouTube. So these ones just go obviously off the, the camera on the, on the laptop, um, mm. but I'm going to start recording all the podcasts. And, yeah, I just need to figure out my way around the software to kind of edit it and split it. Um, and, and yes, we yeah, they're, they're amazing, amazing devices. Yeah, I've got I've got a Hero Eight. There is another yep. that's what I bought. model, a Max. That's the the level up. We I got this before um, I went to America, and where I got this hoodie, um, California. Um, yeah, uh, in December, and uh, before all this. Uh, just snuck in. Again. You just snuck in. And, and you had a great time. There's <laughs> been a mass exodus from California lately. Um, people just getting the hell out of there because they're screwing it up so bad. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. 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 That's right. And they um, make it space in America. And they go ahead and elect exactly the same kind of people who ruin California. Yeah. In those new states. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks yeah. A lot. Yeah, I think that people are a little bit worried about the people from California leaving California and, and changing the places they move to into another California. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I've got a I've got a song about that too. So. Beautiful. Mate, well, last time I uh, we had a catch up, you were working on um the Trump twenty twenty, the Marga musical. Uh, you hadn't finished it. I don't think you'd performed it at the time, but you were you were quite deep into the preparations for it. Now, with COVID hitting and everything, did that? Did you get to perform that thing uh, at, at any capacity, or did that kind of come to a yeah. screeching halt? Yeah, I sure did. Yeah, it went ahead at Fringe twenty twenty in Perth, Fringe World Festival. At uh, my venue was uh, the Perth Mess Hall. And they gave me the big room for the final weekend of Fringe. And I sold it out. Beautiful. I couldn't believe it. I was so stoked. We had a 100-person room and the main night was sold out. And, um, 
Yeah, it was, it, 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 it was, um, I, I, do you it think was that quite an amazing experience from me? Cause you were there for the very first I was. Uh, solo musical comedy show I did up in Headland, just a little room with about 15 people, which had a great tight pack. The atmosphere and really went off. Yeah. But it's very intimidating to get up and do it in front of a lot of people, especially the subject matter. Like it was yeah. Trump 2020, uh, the mega musical. And so most people would have come to the show thinking, oh, this will be, this will be ripping, exclusively ripping on Trump. Yeah. You know, this will be very much anti Trump as everything else is uh, in, the, you know, most entertainment circles. Well, if you want to float and, in certain circles, uh, you have wasn't. to. Yeah, that's right. You got to toe the line, yeah, uh, ideologically. But a lot of people came expecting that show, and they <clears throat> didn't really get a pro-Trump show. But they got <clears throat> they, you know, I I I ripped on everyone. You just throw and, shit at the uh, wall and sees what sticks, don't you? That's right. But I was very stoked that no one. Uh, well, the, the, we did get. It, it's usual for my show to get a few people storming out in disgust. Yeah, it'd be a failure but, if you didn't get a, a, a couple. That's right. But, but this was kind of. I was stoked at just how many people stayed till the bitter end. The bitter know, maybe end. they liked the songs. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it, it was. And 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 it it went well. But I, I was trolling my audience a lot. It was. Well, you it, was said, it was a lot of fun. You said, "Will you sold out the hundred um, room, hundred seat room?" Uh, do you think that, yeah. that, that some of that or a lot of that was um, people remembering the last show you did at Fringe, or do you think it was standalone on the content they were expecting to see in this one? Uh, I, I would really like to be able to say that uh, my reputation preceded me, but I don't think so on that occasion. That the I the the previous show, "Don't Draw Pictures of Dicks." Um, don't do it. This is about free speech. Um, is, uh, yeah, uh, it's, I really, really liked that show and performing that show. And I did it at the last Fringe as well. I did it on the opening weekend and I did it every Thursday throughout Fringe. It was really hard to get people out during the week. Mm. Um, the opening weekend uh, did well for me. The rest was sort of like, and I still enjoyed performing, but I also had to work. But then the final weekend went really well. What brought people in was really the name. You just used the word Trump. Yeah. Trump is Trump is a genius at branding. Sure Some is. Some people would call it excessive building big golden buildings with your name on the top. But that name is instantly recognizable and gets a reaction one way or the other. And the fact that it was Trump 2020, the main musical, made people turn out. Yeah, and that, beautiful. And they, they turned out expecting a different kind of satire with what they got, but they still, still seem to leave pretty happy. Some good promotion on your end there, mate. And, and another thing about Trump is uh, f- for all his um, shortcomings people can, can talk about and discuss, people like to refer to him as an idiot, um, whether that's truth or not, one thing he one thing that he is is really good at um, manipulating the media to not just necessarily get out what he wants to get out, but just to stay relevant. Um, to yeah, he, he he manipulates the media like a master, and so yeah, he's that he's, he and uh, the, there 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 would be rooms 
if not buildings full of people at Twitter trying to figure out a way to stop Trump using Twitter against Twitter. Yeah. Like, fuck, we built this whole fucking company. We built this whole platform where all Silicon Valley leftists to a man and a woman and everything in between. And, and Trump is just outplaying us at our own game. And yeah. he ha- the thing is, he has been for years, well before he was president. Mm. And that, that's the crazy thing about Trump. He's not a politician. He was, a, he was a famous person. He was a celebrity. He was a successful business person. Um, but the day he ran for president was the day he became a politician. He's, you can't get that in this system, yeah. in the Westminster system. You've got to join a political party. You've got to toe the line. You've got to kiss ass. You've got to not say what you really think all throughout your career until you finally get to the end and then get to be PM. If you get that far, as only you know the tiniest minority do, and you've got to be an intern at nineteen making coffee for your local MP, and you've got to be in the game that whole time, and it it changes people, and they don't oh, see real life, def- and they definitely. don't do productive things, and they and they do learn to speak to the media from within the confines of a strict political party. Yep, as you pointed out. Trump has always just shot from the hip and said what he wanted to say at the time. Mm. And, yeah, and, and uh, you're quite right. He's very good at at uh, moving around the media. The thing is he knows he's the story. He knows he's the brand name, whether, it's, whether, whether people love to hate him or not. The media can't shut up about him. Like, you know, that's you, you just have to flick on the news on any channel in any country and he'll come up. Well, it's also part of the genius. It's also part of the genius Mm. behind the way he manipulates them because the guy's made a Teflon, nothing sticks. He says says horrific things, terrible things that you just do not want to hear a leader in any capacity, let alone the president of the United States, uh, um, you know, saying, and it's just gone by the next news cycle because there's something else to report on. You know, there's 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 nothing you can say about him from his past, really. That's that's gonna it's gonna hang around. It's gonna make any any impact on the guy. It's just he keeps that news cycle moving, uh, and he just sort of it slips off him, and he just onto the next thing. And it's it's quite incredible to watch, really. Right. Well, he's a different kind of Republican. He's a winner. Yeah. He's teaching the Republicans how to win. He's teaching the conservatives around the world how to win. And you don't win by worrying too much that people don't like you. Inevitably, some people will not like you. If you can't just shrug that off and move on, you shouldn't be in that game. Mm. And a lot of politicians are crippled by the idea that someone might disapprove of something they've said or done. Well, yeah, you're inevitably going to make enemies in the process. And he, I, I, I wonder whether he understands just how many powerful enemies he has made. He has sacrificed his um, millionaire, billionaire lifestyle of luxury and comfort and, um, and when, when he leaves office, people are going to be going after him legally. And do you think he's called I'm not a constitutional scholar, but I think he's immune from prosecution. Yes, and, right. And, but 
uh, he he will be he will be fighting legal battles for the rest of his life. I mean, he is in his seventies, so it might not be that long, but he probably thinks it's worth it now. But um, but is it also a yeah. case of one door closes, another door opens? I mean, there's going to be plenty of opportunity for the guy when he gets out of politics. Um, just again, like you said, because he is Trump, and and because of that um, value. Uh, that's that's attached to his name. You think that that's a he, he thinks he can just slide into another lane and just keep going going ahead once he's done in the political scene. What, in the world of politics, yeah, no, no, in in business. Do you think once he's done with the presidency, he thinks he can just slip into another lane and just just ball ahead if he feels the need? Mm. He, yes, I mean, there's there's no doubt that he is he's the most famous person in the whole world. So he, yeah, I mean. As long as he, uh, yeah, um, he can pretty much do whatever he wants after this, I suppose. But I think a lot of his energy will be consumed in, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just think that he knew full well what he was doing when he got into it. And, yeah. he, and he, made, he made the rest of his life a, a fight. And, and that's what he got. And, uh, and people won't let up on him after he leaves office. In, in they might, they're, they're probably going to increase their attacks. I don't, I don't know. Depends on people's attention span. But, um, but uh, yeah. So I, 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 I felt it was uh, um, a worthy topic of discussion. I had to come up with a, a show for Fringe Twenty Twenty. You were saying last time we spoke, I didn't, I didn't, um, I hadn't written it. Well, I you'd written a few songs. I it. Yeah. Yep. Well, I didn't get finished till like that day, yeah. uh, till opening night, and uh, I left it so late. I, like I went to America and I visited lots of places, and I guess I was kind of researching and I filmed some stuff you might have seen online. I filmed uh, I filmed a song on a couple of long songs on location in San Francisco. Oh. One about Silicon Valley censorship, uh, where I play the role of Mark Zuckerberg censoring Facebook. And, and another one, and, and and so I went to the Googleplex and I filmed myself in front of the big Google sign. I went to the Facebook logo, the big famous where people take selfies, and I stood in front of that, and I went to Twitter headquarters. All, they're all in San Francisco, different yeah. parts. Yeah. But I found out San Francisco's fucking huge, yeah. if you include Palo Alto and Oakland, and I was catching the train, and because it's not doesn't have many government subsidies, the trains are like once an hour in the middle of the day. So just to get around to all these places in San Francisco was took all day and it was exhausting, but it got done. And, uh, and I took uh, my viola as, and I played and I fixed my GoPro to the end of it and I played in the hippie part of town, Hate Asbury, I, I, and uh, I played in a, the, the pleasant parts of town and in the rough parts of town. And I walked down the street with there was all these homeless people they love and them there, don't they? Be and so it got some really interesting backgrounds going on. And uh, and I took my viola down to a big San Francisco hippie jam. It was hilarious. Like people have been doing it every weekend since about 1967. So I went down there and jammed with all these old hippies. And um, but the song I was recording there was about San Francisco's horrendous public defecation problem. Yeah, there's an app, isn't there, to show you where all the shit is so you can avoid it? <laughs> 
That's right. There's a, there's like as a crazy as that app. sounds, it's actually true, people. There's actually a real thing to help you uh, avoid the human feces in the streets of San Francisco. Absolutely. But God help you if you want. Just keep your eyes peeled. You only have to walk like just out the front of your hotel and there'll be human shit in the street. Uh, there's a part of part, Tenderloin, a part of town that's really close to the uh, tourist hotel area. And um, you just have to make a, a wrong turn and you'll slip over on a oh, turn just oh, outside yeah. Starbucks, shit on the ground. It's, it's, uh, it's horrendous. Hey, it's, and, and it's, um, yeah, there's, there's a poop reporting app and I actually, I don't know if I have my camera on me at the time, but I, but I met some of the poop collectors in the street. So people go around picking and, it up. Uh, and added chat to them. No, 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 that's right. They weren't the government poop collectors. They were like a charity. Uh, yeah, charity going around making cleanups, including hypodermic needles, oh. because the government authorities can't keep up. Yeah. And, like, they're helping people in the street and they're cleaning, cleaning up and stuff. Because if you, if you make a report on the poop app, it will take several hours for the poop to get cleaned. Like, so because they're so liberal so in San Francisco uh, that they just let, um, they let the homeless um, – people just sort of cruise around, sleep where they want and do as they will. Is that, that's the idea behind it. Is that, is that right? They're, they're, they're too, uh, yeah, they're too liberal to, to, to do anything about the homeless problem. They just sort of say, oh, well, they're fine. Let them do their thing. And then they all work around it and try to pretend it's not, not an well, issue. It is. Yes. I mean, yes, that's part of the problem, but they actually create laws that hugely exacerbate the problem. Hmm. Most of these people have, horrendous drug addiction mm. issues and um, aren't getting the help they need there. Um, and they, what most recently they've done, and this is not just the politicians in San Francisco, all of the voters voted for a law to change theft and burglary to, of a value less than a thousand US dollars from a felony to a misdemeanor. So if you get bastard for this, it's like a, a traffic offense. Yeah, right. It's a, it's a slap on the wrist. You don't get a criminal record. You don't pay any significant penalty. Um, and a thousand bucks, that's a lot of shit. So people will walk into stores yeah. and just fill their bags. The staff can't do anything, they'll walk out. And there's a huge fencing network set up by the cartels. Um, uh, the drug dealer gangs uh, have in, uh, all this set up whereby they'll exchange this stolen goods for money and drugs. Yeah, right. So they're Currency. so liberal. They want to decriminalize everything. And a thousand US dollars is a lot of stuff. For a small business and, owner, and it's huge. Absolutely huge. And so people are closing their businesses, moving out of town, and um, these cities are dying. And, and this was well before the riots started, by the way, when I visited them at the start of the year. But the, um, the homeless system, homeless situation is out of control and fueled by these well-intentioned but totally misguided laws. Mm, yeah. But they... But but it's, I, I just you know you can sit here and and uh, debate the pros and cons of it all day. But one thing that I believe is uh, is 
well, it's 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 just ripe for humour. I, I think there's there's plenty of hilarity that can be got out of the situation, and that's that's how I choose to approach it. So I wrote this song um, called "Take a Shit in San Francisco." <laughs> simple, simple ex, ex, expository sub title, and explains what's going on in the song pretty clearly. And uh, it's but it's in the style of an old hippie. Uh, the, the character's an old hippie who's thinking about, man, I wish I could go back to San Francisco, you know, like the way it used to be when I was studying at Berkeley and spitting on Vietnam war vets. And geez, those were the days. If you go back there, do a shit for me. <laughs> be free, man. Just shit anywhere you want. And I had that idea. I was like, yeah, this is a song. And so it, that, that, that ended up being in the style of like, of like a hippie band, like say Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Don't know and that so that I'm hippie not. character, do you know who, who I mean? No, no, but I can investigate oh, at a later date. Man. One of the classic bands of the hip. They're actually a fucking great band. Just go and look them up. Yeah. Yep. Crosby, Stills and Nash. And then later they added, or earlier, but they added Neil Young at some point. He was in there uh, temporarily. Right. Crosby, Stills and Nash are the core of the band, in my opinion. And, they have a beautiful vocal blend. They have this acoustic sound. They write wonderful yeah. songs and their harmonies are insane. Crosby, Steele um, and Nash. But they are the archetypal hippies from San Francisco and um, or from California. And, uh, yeah, and so this style ended up, this song ended up being kind of in their style. Uh, it's just a folk rock song like so many millions of other songs but yeah this is a wistful melancholy one about the freedom of taking a shit in San Francisco so beautiful around Berkeley I walk around Tenderloin now it's just you is that just you out there walking around with your viola and the the GoPro attached to the end of it and filming yourself so you're a one man performance um, in these places yeah that's right yeah beautiful beautiful and the the, the audio is live from the street, so people know that I really am talking about taking your shit right in front of the And were you getting uh, live uh, viewers, onlookers, people um, interested in what you were doing and, t- and singing about? A couple of people. When I checked the footage in the background, you can see that was sort of like, you know, hi, mom, sort of thing or whatever. Right. They were getting attention. But for the most part, in a town full of people randomly taking your shit, uh, people are not really going to notice uh, mild eccentricity, like just playing the viola, <laughs> just yeah. like whatever, man. <laughs> it's just another crazy person. Do, do your thing, man. Now these videos, uh, there's a few of them uh, at this stage. Are they on your YouTube channel? That's right. Yeah, Viola Willie. Viola Willie on YouTube. Uh, YouTube, yeah. Because I dare say there'll be there'll be some people listening who are thinking, "What the hell does this look like in real time?" So they're going to want to go and and check that out. Hopefully, we can get you a few more su- subscribers on there. That'd be great. Um, yeah, cheers. I don't think it's got. It doesn't have a link that has a name. You have to have some subscribers to you can do that with YouTube or something. But if you just Google, if you just go to YouTube and search Viola Willie, and then you can search for the song title if you like. But you'll yeah. find it. Let's take a shit in San Francisco. There's Orange Man Bad. That's the one about big tech censorship. And then there's the new one, We Are Antifa. 
Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, we'll get to that one very soon. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how I can share your videos on my page as well. I may have to do it on the computer. Um, it takes me a long time to do anything straightforward when it comes to technology, uh, but I get there uh, in the end. So if I can do that, I'll, I'll give them a little booster in mine uh, as well, which is only really just getting off the ground at the moment, slowly starting to build my YouTube up. Um, now, did you hear the... Uh, <laughs> The there was an idea floated on one of Rogan's latest podcasts. Obviously, the mm. largest podcast in the world. The dude's just moved to Texas. Mm. He's one of those people fleeing California because of all the bullshit going on there. So I hear, yeah, yep, yep, and and coincided with his move to Spotify, a hundred million dollar deal apparently somewhere around there to just keep doing what he's doing, and they'll get uh, exclusively get his content. Now, hundred million. Somewhere, somewhere in the ballpark of yep. So they're uh, obviously they're they're banking on um, getting a lot of. Uh, well, I'm not sure how they're going to make their money on it, but obviously they've got a plan. It'll definitely bring people to that platform. They've got their own video platform t- starting up now as well. I suppose that's going to rival uh, YouTube. But they on a recent podcast, um, he had a guy on there, Tim Kennedy, is a um, an ex UFC fighter, but also a special forces guy and, and quite politically astute. Um, and he was sort of mentioned the fact that about how they were talking about how ridiculous it is to try and, well, one, how are they going to have a debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump when Joe Biden, by all accounts, seems to be losing his marbles uh, in real time as we all watch it play out. Whether that's the case or not, we don't really know. But they're trying to avoid this um, whole political system of debating where it's basically short snippets and sound bites and nobody gets to sit down and have an actual one-on-one discussion and hear what these people are about and hear them work out uh, problems and and conversations, you know, in an, in an actual conversation format. So they floated the idea of having them sit down on the on the Rogan podcast, him as as Rogan um, mediating or moderating, and and just have have just talk and discuss things for four, you know, three or four hours. And Trump actually um, actually tweeted that he was down for it, which doesn't really mean anything, but it means that he saw it and it was on his radar. And that, what do you think about that as an idea? You think that not necessarily that specifically happening, but moving forward with the technologies and, and the platforms that we have these days so that the, the politicians could really sit down in a one-on-one situation without um, media and, and, and viewers and, and live uh, reactions from audiences and all that sort of thing and just talk about shit like people do, like podcasters are doing now and just actually get their, their point of view out in long form. What do, what do you think about that as an idea moving forward? Sounds pretty good to me. Podcasting, as as you know, I mean, you're well into it, is a, a very popular form of uh, entertainment and content consumption and edu- education, educational Communication. Content. Absolutely. And um, I think it sounds good. Um, I do think, though, that... Uh, that places a lot of trust in the candidate yeah. and certain political parties wouldn't want to do that because Trump is basically his own show. He'd be fine. And he goes off the reservation and he, he does, he talks about crazy shit anyway and, and just goes on tangents. And we know that he's always done that. He's in, he's um, he doesn't have, um, he, he's not a particularly polished orator. Mm. No. Um, but, I mean, he, he can use the teleprompter as is standard now uh, when he wants to stick 100% on message and not waffle. Like, for instance, 
Fourth of July this year at Mount Rushmore. He did, you know, and you can tell instantly tell when he's reading and when he's just saying random shit because he'll just repeat it. Yeah, uh, you know, he'll waxing lyrical. Uh, I don't want to do a Trump impression now because it's just going to suck. But like, um, you do have to have a polished, uh, don't you? Impressions. Yeah, you've got to have yeah, them ready. Well, yeah. yeah, well, you know, Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln's famous oration at the uh, the Gettysburg Address is only two or three minutes long, but absolutely brilliant, absolutely to the point. You know, written himself and 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 done without notes, and it's only a couple of minutes long. But um, you know, most most people use teleprompters these. But, will be 100% at home on a Joe Rogan podcast because he can shoot the shit um, with anyone, you know, but but it, it would be very, I mean, everyone, there would be, uh, to think of the ratings, to have yeah. to, to have Trump there, to have Biden there and Joe Rogan, it would be pretty butch in private. It's just three yeah. sort of like dudes over 50 just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> like the, um, but it, Everyone would watch it. Yeah. And it would be fucking hilarious. It would be hilarious. <laughs> because, because for the first little while, they'd be like trying to be respectful and like, you know, trying to tip their hand and say, yeah, okay, blah, 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 and give the other person room to be. But we, 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 within minutes, it'd be like, whoa, 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 hold on there. You know, you know no, no, whoa, whoa, hey. <laughs> and then they'd start having a go at each other. And, uh, and, and that'd be, you know, <laughs> the, the level of incoherence on both sides would just escalate until they both started no, sounding crazy. Yeah. Rising. And I'll be like, whoa, guys. But um, Joe Rogan, that is not Biden. Yeah. But, um, yeah. uh, but I don't think it would never happen because, yeah. because as you point out, we're all got our suspicions about just how with it um, Joe Biden is in terms of his cognitive function. Uh, and his gaffes sort of seem to bear that out, although there's no definitive proof um, that he, and there's, uh, you know, there's certainly no formal, there's no public acknowledgement of any formal, I don't know, statement uh, about his mental abilities. But um, uh, but the guy's had multiple or at least two um, brain surgeries in the past because he's had brain oh, aneurysms. He? Yeah, he's had he, op- he sp- openly spoke about them. Uh, it was years ago now, but he's had brain aneurysms and and, and open yeah uh, and brain surgeries. So that's 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 a worrying factor about someone's cognitive function. But then you know perhaps it's these little sound bites and these little um, pre written things that he's not really a hundred percent committed to that he that he stumbles on and perhaps when you sit down and talk to the guy for an hour two hours you actually get more of a coherent version out of him because surely they haven't put some f- bumbling old man who, who doesn't know what's going on up there to, to run against donald trump surely, surely they, they haven't done that they couldn't have done that dave <laughs> no they would never do that this sounds like a conspiracy no, theory no puppeteers in the background dave they couldn't I mean, why would they do that? That would just be so mean, wouldn't it? They'd just be so cynical and awful and nasty. I mean, it's not as if they'd do absolutely anything to regain power if they could. Yeah. 100%. In, in my opinion, I'll drop the sarcasm from me. In my opinion, it is well within their capabilities to 
to put a puppet candidate up. Mm. Um, there's all sorts of conjecture in the background that he would um, quit at a various stage and someone would be waiting in the wings to take his place, either Indeed. before or after the election or after the election, before the inauguration, or even before the... Wait, no, he is, he is, he is formally the candidate now. They had the, 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 the national convention and he is now officially the candidate. So um, anyway, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, but he, he, there's no way he would handle a two or three hour no. podcast with no. no there's, there's just no way. The thing is, his is, is minders have to control him far too much. Yep. And and and, 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 and Trump would have advisors in the background, but I think there's a there's a famous quote from. I don't know it word for word, but Trump's campaign manager. His his plan was always let Trump be Trump. Yeah. So when Trump started rambling, he was like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get the elocution teachers in to to sort this out. I'm just gonna let him do what he does, and because that's the only way he's gonna win if people see how he really is." Yeah, so, yeah. You yeah. can't can't give a watered down yeah. version. Yeah. In in short, to use to use to use boxing or UFC terminology like Joe Rogan might like, it's they're in a totally different weight division. Like yeah. Trump would maul Joe Rogan. Biden. Well, the, it, it Joe, sorry, Joe Biden. Joe, Joe Biden's campaign is already not looking good and it would be a beaten, bloody, lifeless pulp after an hour yeah. or even 10, 15 minutes in a room with Trump talking man-to-man. How about moving forward, though, as a, as a possible do – you, do you see something like that uh, as, as a possible thing in the future where we could we could actually start having long-form conversations between leaders and politicians and things like that rather than – you know, that's what the, – people want more realistic uh, input and, and, and information these days. You know, we know that the, that the, uh, the – I can tell you I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. Yeah. But I don't think we get it because the candidates – 99 times out of 100, the candidates are much more tightly controlled than that. Yeah. They yeah. would only be able to do it with an earpiece in their ear with their mind just telling them what to say. Yeah, right. So, well, then again, I, I suppose that, that that would pose the question that if moving forward, perhaps we need to start get that it force the real uh, brains behind operations to start coming to the forefront rather than, than putting, you know, what you're talking about, figureheads and things like that up um, to, to run for these positions because – you look at the candidates when it comes to, uh, especially the presidencies in, in the la- in the last few years. They're definitely not the greatest minds, uh, um, the most brilliant people, the most uh, uh, fitting person for the job who are going for it. So where are all the great minds? I suppose a lot of people don't want to do that job. But if you had to uh, make an account of yourself in real time, perhaps you know, that'd change the way that they they uh, the kind of people they put forward for these positions moving forward. But it's our speculation. I just thought I'd throw it out there. Anyway, and 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 on this, obviously, you like. No, I agree. Like to- I, I'd like to see more of the. Um, yeah, I'd like to see see people showing their faces a lot more. But um, it's it's funny. In in in, uh, you have to have a a celebrity quality to be the candidate to be mm. a successful candidate. And we've known about this since like Augustus Caesar. You know, yeah. the guy who's who who um, seized control of the Roman Republic and turned it into an empire. Um, 
he understood uh, the the power of image and the, the, the one man who was beloved in the public eye took over the republic and all the old men of the senate were helpless to stop him yeah and uh he wasn't just and 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 so you you you've got to have a star quality to be that candidate and and so they're there just in, in the same way that sportsmen have a team of people to back them up trainers psychologists physios whoever um you know you're always going to have that team but yeah you need it a, wouldn't be good to see candidates coming forward that that weren't just a pretty face. I yeah. agree, and maybe long form debating content would would help that. So I, I do agree with you. Yeah. Cool. Now I want to jump on something before we run out of time. I know you've got some things to get to get to today, and so and so do I. But the uh, you just shot me a, a little link last night of your newest uh, comedy song, which will be up on your YouTube channel as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about this one. I had quite a little chuckle watching it uh, last night on the big screen. We had it up right. on, the well, on the TV. Well, I wrote the lyrics to this song for the Trump 2020 musical, which was put on in February. Hmm. And it's about Antifa, who I don't know how much your viewers and listeners know about them, but they're... Essentially, it's it it, it's shortening of anti-fascist, um, and uh, they're essentially a group of far left um, anti-fascist, anti-fascist activists who would probably who, who don't hesitate to use violence as a measure of of uh, enforcing their point of view. That'd be exactly, accurate. yeah, exactly, and this is up. For a long time, they've been a feature of like May Day protests for years. And in Portland, Oregon seems to be in, in on the west coast of the USA seems to be a particular sort of like area where they uh, are active. And, um, and but they've spread everywhere. And um, the essentially when I wrote the lyrics, the riots in America and around the world hadn't started yet. Yeah. Um, and it was about free speech. They would, they would, they, they target people they disagree with and they, they beat, they beat them in the yeah. street. Like whenever there's a, they, they, they were very good at, they're the sort of people who do counter protests, you know, like say someone doesn't want the statue of George Washington ripped down and they have a small rally to defend it. Well, they'll make sure they hold a counter protest at the same day at the same time. And what would have been peaceful ends up being right. Yeah. And, um, and, and they just can't stand uh, other people expressing themselves. And I actually went to, when, when I was in, uh, Seattle briefly at the start of the year, um, there was a, a very small uh, Trump rally they had that was organised by guys who called themselves the Coloured Conservatives. And I went down to that and um, the police were very active there protecting us and they, they had a, a route mapped out and then they they wanted us to step inside this cage and, and pe- people were gathering, Antifa people were gathering around with like masks and, you know, weapons and what have you. And uh, the cops were on like push bikes forming a barrier and they were saying, if you guys want to start talking with megaphones or whatever, you have to get in this um, 
in this fenced off area and people were sort of starting to close us in. I'm like, I'm not actually a citizen of the country. I kind of have no rights and I've only got travel insurance for my medical. So I think I'm just going to bail right now and go see other, some of the wonderful sites of Seattle. And, but, but I, I stayed in touch with the guys who organized that rally and they were saying, yeah, it got super dicey. And all they wanted to do was express their, you know, right to say, whatever they wanted as American citizens as protected by the First Amendment in their constitution. They had a little bit of a rally, just a few people, to show their support for the sitting and elected, duly elected president. Um, But no, we can't have that. We've got to show up and scream at them, shout at them, intimidate them, blah, blah, blah. And then you've got to rely on the police to protect you. So, And that that got got violent. So I saw that up pretty close. And that's the context in which I wrote the lyrics about their anti-free speech. And they also, I name check another guy in the song called Andy No. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, I don't. Andy No is a gay Asian independent journalist in America who's been going out of his way for a while now to expose Antifa, to show these hoodlums for who they really are because, um, and he went with his GoPro to one of their rallies around at this time in Washington last year, sorry, in Portland, and he got beaten savagely and he got, he, you were talking about brain bleeds, he got, he got a, a brain bleed as well from that. And so here they are. They're basically bashing immigrants and bashing gays and then turning around and saying, we're not the fascists. Yeah, right. <laughs> bashing people who have a different opinion. No, honestly, the other guys are the fascists. Yeah. And so that became the premise for the song. And so, so we've, this I, is I, I this, and it's, it's, it's quite hilarious. Anybody who's listening, again, go onto the YouTube tube channel and, and check it out. Um, that was the use of your green screen. I'm, I'm, uh, um, uh, guessing. That's right. Yeah, I danced around uh, in front of this uh, green screen. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and like an idiot, I played my in my double very, bass. You can see on the ground here. In which a I took very up at the start of this year, which is my favourite instrument now. Beautiful. In a very inflammatory uh, um, um, outfit and with a very interesting uh, accent and um, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Here's the here's the here's the armband. Yeah, yeah. Which might remind you of a certain other infamous political organisation. But yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, exactly. Well, that was it. I had to draw the visual parallel. The irony, as well, right? Maybe that's right. And the irony between about Antifa is it's, it's it's you can't you can't miss it. It's it's so in your face. And I think this. This discussion of uh, free speech has been a bit of a, a through topic throughout um, this, these three uh, podcasts now, and the idea that mm. you don't agree with what somebody says, so you deplatform them, you ban them, or you bash them, it's just not what it's all about. If you disagree with what somebody says, you you come at them with counter ideas, and you make sure that you know you, you have good argument behind your ideas, and because an idea is bullshit until it's released into the world and been tested and tried and stood on and stood on and and, and had to stand up for itself, isn't it? It's just a, an ideology, an ideology, exactly. until it's been put up against you know other ideas, and then you go, well, if if my idea is is worth its its salt, then I should be able to, I shouldn't have to be scared of people with with um, counter ideas. We just throw them at each other and and and, and sort of see who, you know um, how they how they stand up, you know, um, and this whole yeah exactly. So, and when people start resorting to this kind of violence to shut down debate, it's tantamount to admitting that their ideas are complete bullshit. Yeah, yep. You know, if the, if the ideas don't stand up on their own merits, 
then why do you need to scare people into believing it? Why do you need to bash people into not opposing you? And it's also patronising to uh, think that um, you're smart enough and you're and you're uh, you know well read and educated enough to for these ideas not to fool you. And you know that they're just such complete bullshit. But you're worried about the other people who are who are so stupid that if they hear these crazy ideas, they're going to go throw their life away and go follow them because they're not as smart as, as, and as well thought out as you. You know, it's quite patronising. Let people make their own minds up, and again, just give them oh. the counter argument. It's you, you make an excellent point, Dave. It's it's so condescending, and yeah. and and you see it on people's comments. They, um, they um. Oh, gee, there was something. Uh, if uh, not that well prepared, sorry for this discussion. Fine, but um, you see it on people's comments online. Like um, they get really angry that you mention a topic or you bring up a topic. They, they get angry that you haven't kept it a secret. Mm. It's like, what's the matter with you? you all of the idiots are going to believe it now. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> who, who, are you sure you're not the idiot, mate? Yeah. There's, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's so condescending that, that there's some sort of mass of people out there that need to be protected Mm. from um from think, uh, dangerous ideas i think a good a, a novel uh um way to sort of example of this would be say the flat earthers right complete absolute mm. horse shit it's ridiculous it's, it's 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 comedic and i think a lot of those people do it as a bit of a troll but let them talk let them have their mm. youtube videos let them have their platform there's plenty of science out there. I mean, there's, there's, it's countless how many scientists and articles and the information and satellite images. And just, we know that the world is round. It's complete horseshit. Who cares? Let them talk. Let them say their bit. Throw out, lead people to the real information. And the people who want to go believe that and and, and um, tag that line, oh, so help, you know, so like God help them and so be it. Like, that's it. Fine. Walk away from it. It's free speech. They can have their stupid yeah. ideas. It Are they hurting matter. anyone? Probably not. No, and I know, and I understand that some of these ideas are more um, to do, to do with um, controversial issues and, and and could invoke hate or or exclusion of other groups and things like that. But the concept is still the same. Come at it with counter ideas, and then then people are going to think what they think. You can't control them. So quite right. Yeah, and well said, Dave. And, and it's it's also if you don't believe in free speech, for I for speech that offends you, then mm. you don't believe in free speech at all. Correct. I believe you, you gave us the if quote last time. If you think that the only speech that should be going around is the speech that is, is music to your ears, if, if you think if you think you, you, that free speech is just everything that I agree with and, oh, that's just wonderful, that's so free, that like you're a complete idiot. Yeah. Free speech is when someone can say something extremely jarring and frightening to you. And they and you don't have the legal means of shutting them up. I think you actually said last time there's a you quote. You can tell them to shut up. You, you can yeah. shout at them to shut up. You can tell all your friends to tell them to shut up. That's all fine. That's that's social control. Yeah. But when you cross the line into using the state to shut them up or into using violence to shut them up, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. And I believe that – I can't remember the exact quote, but um, – about I believe in the freedom of speech and your right to say something that offends me um, so much that I'm willing to die for it, for your right to say something that I disagree with. You know, that I, I can't remember the, the exact wording, but you, I'm, I'm sure you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. I'll, I'll, let me make an attempt as well. Um, 
I disagree with what you say, but I will fight to the death for your right to say it. Yeah. Something along those lines. And that's that's what it's all about, the free speech. Like now, now there is places in the world where you can't have free speech, um, which leads me to another little leading question. Just before we wrap it up, we're sort of the time's getting near near to that point now. But just quickly, um, all this talk about China and Russia affecting um, uh, the, the um, uh, elections in, in the U.S., when you listen to people in the know, they say, well, 100%, surely we do the same thing to them. It's definitely happening. The reasons behind it, there's some different theories on it. Now, um, the, the, the idea that they want one candidate or, or, or another seems to be neither here nor there. It seems to be the idea of affecting negatively the elections in the US is simply to make democracy look bad that's all they have to do it doesn't matter who gets voted in if you can question the process if you can make people question the process that's basically the idea of of those those countries meddling in other in other political affairs would you think that that's that's an accurate representation of what's going on are you i just i paraphrase your question i'm not quite sure i get it but like are you saying are you are you suggesting um, that China, for instance, might be meddling in the U.S. election, and uh, and that uh, they don't really care about the result as long as America looks bad in one way or another. Basically, and they're using the freedom of speech platforms of social media, yeah, freedom of speech. We're well, using the, the platforms of social media that uh, the, these countries have uh, use. Uh, themselves for especially for a lot of the left-wing sort of politics um um obviously it's the, the people who are in control of those large companies are uh, from that side of the fence but they're using that those platforms to then cause dissent amongst uh voters and 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 basically trying to, to discredit the entire oh i've got an unstable internet connection um trying to discredit the the entire process and that's the main the main goal between meddling in in those kind of affairs uh i have no doubt that foreign election interference is the thing um but I mean, there was, I'm sure it goes on. People attempt it all the time. Um, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, one, they want to I make think, the, the, think, process, I, the process sorry? look, I think what I'm trying to get at is, one, they want to make the process look bad and flawed, but I think also the, one of the, the main goal behind that is if they can get right-wing and left-wing to attack each other and have less people in the middle, that's also a victory. So the more you can turn people against each other and have them flying off the handle um, without seeing eye to eye and meeting in the middle, that's also that, that, that and, and making the whole process look bad is, is sort of one of the main, main goals of that entire. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. To sow division, shall we say? Yes. yes. Um, hundred percent, hundred percent agree. And that uh, division weakens um, <clears throat> weakens the democratic countries and it's much easier to <clears throat> as you point out to it's in in a country that has freedom of speech um, 
It's easy to go in there and crash the party. Such as America, to a lesser extent, Australia, and and that that has um that has you know social media and that's not constantly um, policed by the government, although that's increasing. In it, when there is freedom of speech, you can subvert it. Foreign powers can subvert it and and place false flags and and you get bot accounts um, setting up. That you're turning people against each other online and what have you. Absolutely, I think there's there's, there's definitely going on. Um, but uh, one other thing about social media as well is, I think to a large extent, the division was always there. The division, like there's a saying that you you know you. You get the most flack when you're over the target. You know, when, when you're doing your bombing run, the guns get thicker when you're about to score a hit on the target. Right. If, you, if, you're, if you're nowhere near the target, there'll be no defensive guns. Right. So, like, the – sorry to talk in metaphors, but now the, me, the, the internet has changed everything forever. And – what was what could previously could be kept secret very successfully can't anymore. Mm. Um, and you know they will do their absolute best. The the um, politicians and big tech censorship. And I've got another song about that. You can look up on online at Viola Willie on YouTube. But uh, we'll, we'll join together and they'll censor the blazes out of everything and they'll fact check everything and they'll try to shut stuff down. But once the idea is out, it's very difficult to suppress. Mm. It might not be in the mainstream media, but it's spreading. And I think that there was always a lot of disenfranchised voters who simply didn't have a platform because they didn't have representatives in politics and they didn't have representatives in media and they didn't have representatives in, say, big unions or what have you. Mm. People, you know, or, 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 say, commerce lobby groups, big business lobby groups, all of these things existed before and they could defend various other interests, but there's always been a lot of people who were never previously able to speak out. And I think... But what looks to a lot of people like a new division online and, and more hatred than there's ever been is actually a really positive thing. It's people getting to speak their mind as free citizens for literally the first time in history and is a fundamental tectonic shift in the, in the, uh, in, in the land that, that will change everything forever and the way politics is done, in, in, I think, in a positive way. And I am not afraid one bit of a lot of vitriol and anger online taking place. I think this will eventually work itself out. You get the people out there who just want to rant for ranting sake or just angry, nasty people and contrarians, they expose themselves very quickly and get marginalised pretty quickly. And I just think... The more debate, the better. And, and there are a bunch of vested interests who now no longer control the debate and they are fighting tooth and nail to get that control back, mm. to get back control of the media, to get back control of politics, to get back control of people's minds. 
Yeah. And they and and that is why there's so much anger and hate. And that's why there are so many riots. Mm. And that's why a, a, a simple disagreement is escalating into violence at no provocation anymore. Um, and it's 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 gone mad. But people who were previously in control of the message are losing control and they are giving it everything they've got and they are utterly unscrupulous and ruthless and rather see a country burn than give up control of it. Yeah. And I openly, I, I think it's a wonderful time for debate and openness in society. I, I would, I, I think, let the citizens have it out with them in a harmless debating online platform as much as they want. Hmm. But it's a completely different story when they go in the streets and start burning shit down, beating people up, shooting one another and what have you. So things uh, are... In order to get their point across. That is the difference between a democracy and not. And things are a little messy at the moment because, as you say, all this, everyone's got a voice now. And um, we're learning how to deal with that on our feet, um, the, the huge shifts in, in um, the, the way we get our information. Um, so there's, there's a learning, learning uh, curve there that we're all, all humanity's trying to figure out on the fly. And as well, yeah, time's getting there. And as well, um, mm. we're in a, a pendulum swing. You know, we may be at the top end of the swing at the moment. It might be starting to come back down. Time, only time will tell that. But there's going to be these big pendulum swings of, of which way people lean and, and the way policies and things like that and the general culture goes. Um, just quickly before I get you out of here, though, I did want to know, it, it, it seems just from, from the general discussion, um, you seem to be uh, more, uh, you lean towards Trump as a leader than the opposition at the, current, at, the at the moment. Now, is it a, is it a, a political party thing? Is it uh, is it the is it the the guy and, and 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 his ideas is or is it more of an anti what you see happening on the other side and and you see it more of more of a, as a uh, a check and balance to some of the the more crazy uh, un out of control left wing ideas and um, powers the sort of that we've seen emerge over the last 10, 15 years is it more of a balancing thing or do you or are you behind the the policies on that side of the fence. Or do you do you jump between? Um, well, look, I mean, definitely, given his current opposition, absolutely, absolutely, I would support Trump. Yep. Um, if if I was an American and I had the right to vote in that election, I'd be voting for Trump. I don't though. So yeah. to a certain extent, to a certain extent, my opinion is irrelevant. But I mean. I, I, I like I like telling people my opinions, so I might as well keep waffling on for the few remaining minutes. But um, um, look, like most people, uh, I didn't. Trump was an unknown quantity before he got elected because he wasn't a politician. He was never the governor of a state. He was never a, a senator. He was just yeah. a guy, and so no one knew what was going to happen. So I was a bit worried. And everyone had us believing that he was going to start World War Three. Yeah. Um. And uh, here, we, and here we have it. Um, new peace deals now in between Bosnia and Serbia. Um. Previously, recently, one between was it between Israel and Qatar or something? United Arab Emirates or something? Some other Arab nation. It's like 
This is crazy. Peace deals left, right, and center. Um, and, and the North Korea sort of situation improving as well. We all thought that was going to go off the rails. Yeah. But he was the first Western leader to go through that demilitarized zone. Uh, he's done a, it's, it's been the exact opposite of what we told was going to happen. And what the big change for me was like, uh, economically, like I was, I, I'm not, not an economist, but I, I've always, we've always been told for as long as I've been alive that free markets, free trade, this, that, and the next thing. And you're not allowed to have tariffs and you're not allowed to have, and, and, and I, I, I you know, that, that's supposed to be good for everyone's economy, isn't it? But we would do it. And then countries like China wouldn't do it. They would hoard their, they would hoard the, the currency, the US dollar. They would stack the terms of trade against free market economies. And they, and, and consequently, we lost all of our manufacturing yeah. to all those cheap labor countries. And, and Obama famously said, I don't have a magic wand to bring those jobs back. Well, Trump has done his best to, he, he's, he's a negotiator. He's a businessman. He knows when someone's got his balls in a vice. Yeah. He, 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 he makes deals. That's what he did. And so he went in there and he fucking tore up the deal and he wrote another deal as a businessman should. and say, you need us more than we need you. You need us to consume your goods. We can always find an alternative source for the goods that we consume. You need us more than we need you. And he, he taught the deal. There's a far better trade deal between the US and its neighbours and with, with China and what have you. And um, I don't know if there's a formal deal signed, but, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure there is. And there's all sorts of tariffs. And the Chinese just had to bend over and take it. He has opened my eyes to a new form of economics like that, fucking oath, I am 100% behind it. I'm so sick of uh, jobs leaving this country and America and uh, Britain and all these places that I've lived. Bring them back. Especially well, now. I, and, and I, uh, Especially now we know me. we can I, be brought I, to I our knees. Especially now we know that the economy can be, to its, yeah, can be brought to its knees and all of a sudden you can't get buy all the things you rely on because everything comes from overseas because it's cheaper to do it that way. So it's a, it's a big eye-opener there. Even the medicines, oh. even the masks, even yeah. the gowns, all the personal protective equipment, even the tests. Oh, it's a virus so deadly you have to get a test to know if we've even got it. Like all of this, it is, we didn't even touch on this subject. I thought you were going to talk about this for an hour. We'll have to do it again sometime. But like you, 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 you've hit the nail right on the head, man. It's a strategic thing as much as an economic thing. We have to protect ourselves yeah. by keeping jobs here as much as we can. And Trump has opened the entire world's eyes to the reality of this as if he was the only person who ever saw it. Thank God a businessman has trumped the economists sitting in their universities, fiddling, you know, who have never done anything productive in their lives. So that, you know, I didn't really talk much about political, cultural issues there, but just on those two things alone and in international relations and trade, fucking oath I would vote for Trump. Right, beautiful. I think we should end it on that, uh, um, Will, and and – like you said, I did have some stuff here about the whole COVID thing going on and and 
what the what if what your opinions on the Chinese numbers and things like that are, and where we think it really came from. But it's a whole other podcast. You're right. So I'm open to do it again in the next couple podcast. of weeks. Yeah, if you're if you're up for it, we'll uh, do it again in the, in the next couple of weeks. Whatever uh, I, works. I think we're going to have most of next year to talk about, it, man. This this, this <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> That's true. Oh, I don't know. That is true, but there's a bunch of things that I'd definitely love to chat about and discuss if you're up for it again at another stage. But, you know, I had a bunch of loose notes written down here and as, um, uh, you know, I knew you'd deliver and um, it's very easy to just uh, talk to you about shit and and it's good to – all these kind of ideas that bounce around in my head and I hear all all, all, – you hear information from all different places. It's good to to bounce them off someone else um, sort of, you know, face-to-face, well, you know, computer-to-computer at some times and and just sort of see someone else's opinion because, you know, I don't talk like this – to, to the blokes at work. An absolute like pleasure. That, so. Thank you so much for having me back. I love kind of chat on this show. And, and you're right, so there's been a free speech emphasis all three times so far, and I'm, I'm really proud that we both agree about that. And, uh, yeah, absolute pleasure. Thanks, man. Beautiful. Keep it up. I hope your uh, podcast going really well beautiful appreciate it thank you very much and thanks for coming on average man podcast this one will be called the bruise that's a no effects song which is basically about a bunch of hebrew punk um anti-fascists going out and stomping people who they disagree with uh, which is a song i used to listen to when i was 15 never really understood what it was about and i thought what a perfect um, topic what a perfect song for today's topic so there we go um that'll be brought in on the the, the audio versions no effects the bruise episode number 80 also put you could also put in uh you also put the dead Kennedys, Nazi punks, fuck off. I looked I at that one. A- I looked at that one as one of my options because I was <laughs> looking into hardcore punk songs for for, for an opener because I know that they're kind of tied with that whole um, left wing sort of um, scene. There's a there's, there's a big anti-fascist uh, hardcore punk scene, but really this was just a, a song from my childhood that I knew that popped up, and I thought Nazi punks, f- punks, fuck off. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, a good choice, man. For, it's a much more subtle, much yeah, subtle. Choice. A little more subtle. It's going to be a little hard for people to hear that from the first couple of minutes of the podcast. So. There we go. We're, we're done, mate, and I appreciate your time and I'm looking forward to having you back on again sometime in the future. Viola Willie on YouTube. Go check him out. Um, and, yeah, Average Man Podcast, episode number 80. Thanks very much. Appreciate it, mate. Over and out. You know what I mean, mate? Love to you and your family. Thank All you. Best, mate. Ooh, that was a bit. That was a bit. Ooh. ooh. <laughs>